Chapters 19 through 21 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1 by Palladius, translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. The Seabrook recording is in the public domain. Chapter 19 of the blessed man Paul the Simple, the disciple of Abba Anthony. Now there was a certain husbandman whose name was Paul, who was more simple and innocent in nature than are usually the children of men. And he had a wife who was beautiful in her appearance and wicked in her deeds and actions. And she wandered from him and had been committing adultery for a long time. And one day suddenly Paul went into his house from the field and he found her and another working in purity together. Now this took place so that divine grace might incite Paul to follow that which was more excellent. And having gone in and seen them, he laughed chastely and answered and said, It is good, it is good. Truly she is not accounted mine by me. By Jesus henceforth I will not take her again. Get thee gone, and behold, she is thine, she and her children. And as for me, I will go and become a monk. And saying nothing unto any man, he went away a journey of eight stages, and he arrived at the cell of Mar Antony the Great. And having knocked at the door, the blessed man Mar Antony went out, and he said unto Paul, What dost thou seek? Paul said unto him, I seek to become a monk. Mar Antony answered and said unto him, Thou art an old man, eighty years old, and it is impossible for thee to become a monk here, but depart to the village, and work in the fields for thy living, and give thanks unto God at the same time, that thou art not able to endure the afflictions of the desert. And again Paul answered and said unto him, Whatsoever thou wilt teach me, that will I do. And Anthony said unto him, I have told thee that thou art an old man, and thou canst not do it. But if thou wishest to become a monk, get thee gone to some monastic house, and abide where the brethren are many, and where they will be able to bear with thy sickness or infirmity. As for me, I live by myself alone here, and I only eat once in five days, and even then I do not eat a full meal. With these and such like words did Anthony frighten Paul, and as he would not be persuaded to depart, Anthony went into his cell and shut the door upon himself for three days, and because of him he did not go outside his cell for three whole days, not even for his need's sake. Nevertheless, Paul did not go away, and on the fourth day, when his need compelled him, Anthony opened the door and went forth. And again he said unto Paul, Get thee gone, O old man. Why dost thou trouble me? It is impossible for thee to stay here. Paul said unto him, It is impossible for me to die in any other place except this. And the blessed Anthony, having looked carefully, and seen that he was carrying no food with him, and no bread, and no water, and that he had fasted during the four days which he had remained, said within himself, Peradventure he will escape and die, and I will plunge my soul into tribulation. So he accepted him and brought him into his cell. And because of Paul, during those days, Anthony performed exceedingly severe ascetic labors, the like of which, even in his early manhood, he had never performed. And he soaked palm leaves in water and gave them unto Paul, and said unto him, Take these palm leaves, and weave a mat therefrom, even as I do myself. 
And the old man, Paul, took them and wove them into a mat fifteen cubits long till the ninth hour he was exhausted. And Antony, seeing what he had woven, was angry with him and said unto him, Thou hast woven the leaves loosely. Unweave them and weave them over again neatly and closely. And Paul unwove what he had woven and wove the leaves over again, but still he wove too loosely because the leaves had become twisted through the former weaving and unweaving. Meanwhile, Paul was fasting all these days, and Antony laid these hard labors upon him while his soul was vexed with hunger, so that he might become disgusted and depart from him. Now when Antony saw that Paul was neither angry nor wrathful, and that he made no complaint, his mercy made itself manifest. And behold, when Paul had lived there another day, He said unto him, Dost thou wish to eat a piece of bread? The old man Paul said unto him, As it pleaseth thee, father. And this also especially shamed Mar Antony, that he did not hasten in his desire to the promise of food, but that he cast all his desire upon him. Thereupon Antony said unto him, Set the table and bring bread. And Antony placed on the table four loaves, each of which was the weight of about six ounces and he dipped them in water, because they were dry. And he placed one before himself, and three before Paul. And having placed them there, he sang a psalm, which he knew twelve times. And he recited twelve prayers, that he might teach Paul. But Paul prayed with him in gladness. And after the twelve prayers, they sat down to eat in the late evening. Having eaten one loaf, Antony did not touch another. The old man Paul ate slowly, and when Antony had finished, He had still some of his loaf to eat, and Antony was waiting for him to finish it. And having finished it, he answered and said unto him, Little father, wilt thou eat another loaf? And Paul said unto him, If thou wilt eat another, I will also. But if thou wilt not, I will not. Antony said unto him, I have had enough, for I am a monk. And Paul said unto him, I also have had enough for I also seek to become a monk. And after these things, Antony again stood up and made twelve prayers. And when they had said together the Psalms twelve times, they slept for a little during the night, and then they sang and prayed until the morning. And when Antony saw that the old man was carrying out with gladness a rule of life similar unto his own in every respect, he said unto him, If thou art able to bear Every day passed in this wise, then stay with me. Paul said unto him, Although I know nothing else, yet the things which I do know I can perform easily. And on another day Antony said unto him, Behold, thou hast become a monk. And a few months afterwards, when Antony saw that his soul was perfect before God, and that he was simple beyond measure, and that divine grace was helping him, He built him a cell at a distance of about three or four miles away, and said unto him, Behold, thou art a monk, and henceforth thou must live by thyself, so that thou mayest receive the temptation of the devils. Now when Paul had lived by himself for a year, the gift of healing and of casting out devils was given unto him. And in those times they brought unto Antony a certain man who was vexed by a fierce devil, And that devil was one of the princes of the devils, and he was so fierce that he would even revile and blaspheme the heavens. 
And when Antony saw the man, he said, I cannot heal this man. For over this race of princes, neither the gift nor the power of healing hath been given unto me. Unto Paul it belongeth to heal this man. And Antony therefore took him with him, and went unto him, and said unto him, O Abba Paul, cast out this devil from this man, so that being made whole he may depart to his house. Then Paul said unto him, I am not able to do it, for I have other work to do. And he left the man with Paul, and went back to his cell. Then the old man Paul rose up and prayed a prayer with great feeling, and he began to speak unto that devil, saying, Father Antony saith, Go forth from this man. And the devil answered with blasphemies, saying, I will not go forth, O thou who eatest white bread. Then the old man took his shoulder garment, or skull cap, and began to smite the devil on his back and sides, saying, I tell thee that Abba Antony saith, Get thee forth from him. Whereupon the devil began to curse and revile Abba Antony, and the old man Paul. Finally Paul said unto him, Wilt thou go forth, or must I go and tell Christ, yea, Jesus? For if thou wilt not go forth, I will go and tell Christ, and great woe shall come upon thee. And again he blasphemed and said, I will not go forth. Then was the blessed man Paul wroth with him, and he went out from his cell. Now it was the season of noon, and the heat with the Egyptians at this time was so fierce that it is akin to the heat of the fiery furnace of the Babylonians. And he stood upon a stone and prayed and spake thus, Behold, O Jesus Christ, who was crucified in the days of Pontius Pilate, I will not come down from this stone, and I will neither eat nor drink until I die, unless thou dost cast out that devil from this man, and dost set him free from him. And whilst these words were yet in his mouth, the devil cried out by reason of his tribulation, and said, By Hercules, by whom I am ruled, by Hercules I am being persecuted with violence. For the simplicity of Paul pursueth me. Whither shall I go? Paul said unto him, To the uttermost depths of the abyss. And straightway the devil went forth from the man, and he transformed himself and became like unto a mighty dragon, seventy cubits long. And he wriggled along the ground, and in this wise went down to the Red Sea, that might be fulfilled that which was written, Perfect faith removeth mountains. St. Matthew 17.20 This is the triumph of Paul, who is called the simple by the whole brotherhood. Chapter 20 Of the Blessed Man Pacomius And there was another man whose name was Pacomius, who was seventy years old, and who dwelt in that mountain which is called Sket. Unto him I once went, when lustful thoughts concerning women were afflicting me, and when my mind was dark and obscured by the thoughts of lust, and by the visions of heaviness of the nights, and when I was well nigh departing from the desert, for lust laid upon me many things hard to bear. Now I did not reveal unto my neighbors and unto my brethren, who were living with me, my tribulations, and not even unto my master Evagrius. But I went forth and began to wander about in the desert, and I saw one of the old men who had grown old in the place. Now they were all perfect fathers, and after this I saw this blessed old man, Pacomius, and I found that he was superior to them all in his life and deeds, and in his understanding. 
and I took courage to reveal unto him the strife of my mind. And he spake unto me thus, Do not imagine that this is a strange matter in any way. This thing hath not happened unto thee through thine own negligence, and the place itself in which thou livest is a witness for thee, for it is restricted in the matter of things of every kind, and there is no woman therein. This lust hath fallen upon thee through thy strenuousness, for this warfare of lust, and also of fornication, is of a threefold character. Sometimes it setteth our body against us, when it is healthy and well-fed, and at others lust itself, with the natural passion which is implanted in us, attacketh us, and at others the evil one himself, because of his envy. And I have watched many times, and I have found that it is even as I have said unto thee. And he said unto me, I, the old man whom thou seest, have lived in this cell for forty years, and I have taken the utmost care for my life, and for the redemption of my soul. And even in this period of great old age, wherein thou seest that I am, I am greatly tormented by lust. And he assured me with an oath, saying, When I was fifty years old, lust placed itself upon me for twelve years, never going away from me, either by day or by night. And I thought in my mind that God had forsaken me. And therefore, to such an extent, had lust gained dominion over me. I determined in my heart that I would either suffer death through dumb beasts, or that I should become a laughing stock, or a man condemned through the lust of the body. And I went forth and wandered about in the desert, and I found a den of hyenas, and I laid myself down naked at the entrance thereof, that they might come out and devour me. And when it was evening, as it is written, he that hath made the darkness, and it becometh night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do move. Psalm 114.20 And the lions roar to break their prey. The hyenas, both male and female, came out, and they all sniffed at or smelt me, and licked my body from my head to my feet. And while I was thinking that they would eat me, they went away from me, and there I remained the whole of that night, and they ate me not. And again I thought that God had had compassion upon me, and straightway I returned and came to my cell. And that devil of lust, having forborne with me a little, returned once again, and moreover he attacked me more fiercely than before. And he did so with such vigor, that by reason of my affliction, I well nigh cursed myself. Now this devil of lust used to take the form of an Ethiopian damsel, whom I saw in my early manhood, gathering canes in the summer. And he came in her form and sat upon my knees, and he used to set me on fire with lust, to such an extent that I imagined I was having intercourse with her. And when through the burning of my heart and the madness thereof, I gave her the cheek, straightway he would lift herself up from me and take to flight. And from the time when I touched her, my hand was so polluted that for the space of two hours afterwards, whensoever I brought my hand near me, I was unable to free it from her foulness. But again I went forth because of my affliction, and began to wander about in the desert, and I found a small asp, and I took it, and placed its head upon the members of my body, and I squeezed the head of the asp so that it might bite me, 
and I might die, and so find relief, but it bit me not. And after this I heard a voice which came to my ears, and said unto me, Depart, Pacomius, and be strong. I have allowed thee to be overcome, in order that thou mayest not imagine that thou wast a mighty man, and a man of perfection, and that thou hadst triumphed through thine own life and deeds, but that thou mightest know thine infirmity, and the feebleness of thy nature, and that thou mightest not rely upon thine asceticism, but mightest confess the help of God, and cry out to him always. And having heard these words, I returned to my cell, and I dwelt therein with great boldness of heart. And I never again had anxious care concerning this warfare of lust, but I continued in peace for the rest of my days. After this warfare, now the devil of lust, seeing that I no longer meditated about the matter, never again approached me. With these words about the striving against Satan, the holy man Pacomius confirmed me, and made me strong to play the man more and more, and to be mighty in the warfare against the devil of fornication. And he dismissed me, and said unto me, Be strong and mighty in our Lord. Chapter 21 Of the Blessed Man Stephen Stephen was a man who was by race of the Libyans, who dwelt by the side of Amarcia and Marotis, and he lived there for sixty years. Now in another codex the text reads differently. Thus, there was also in the desert a certain blessed man whose name was Stephen, and he was by race a Libyan from the border or side of Marmarcia, and he dwelt there in the desert for sixty years. And having attained unto the heights of a perfect rule of life, he was esteemed by divine grace, worthy of the gift of discerning prudence and the faculty of giving consolation to such an extent that whosoever draweth nigh unto him, being afflicted in any way whatsoever, departed from him with joy. Now the blessed Antony was acquainted with this man, and the Stephen continued in this life even unto our own days. But I never lived with him, and I never met him, because the mountain wherein he dwelt was a long way off from me. The holy men Ammonius and Evagrius, whoever, who went to visit him, related unto me stories concerning him. And they said, Having gone to him, we found him grievously sick of a certain sore sickness which had come upon him, for a cancerous sore had broken out in the lower parts of his body. Now this sore is called gangrene, and we found him being cut by a certain physician. Nevertheless, the holy man was working with his hands and was plaiting palm leaves, and he held converse with us whilst portions of his body were being cut off. And he possessed the faculty of patient endurance to such a degree that it seemed as if the body of someone else was being cut instead of his own. Now when his members had been shorn off like hair, he continued, through the grace of God, to be without perception thereof. And whilst the physician was binding him up, he sat still and plaited baskets with his hands, and he conversed with him, rejoicing and giving thanks unto God. And moreover, he displayed such patient endurance whilst his member was being cut off, that one might have thought that it had not been cut off at all. And he resembled altogether a man from whose body threads of hair are being plucked. Now we stood there and marveled at this affliction, 
for we could not bear to see the man who had led a life of such ascetic and spiritual excellences fall into such a state of suffering that, at length, amputation of his members was necessary, and the blessed man, having perceived our thoughts, and seen that it grieved us, answered and said unto us, O my sons, be not ye afflicted concerning this matter, and do not lessen your faith because of this thing, for God never performeth anything whatsoever that is evil. On the contrary, he looketh for a happy conclusion to his work. Oh, how many were the times when these members were condemned to punishment, for they merit being cut off, and it is better that they should receive the reward here than after their departure of this world. These were the things which he spake unto us, and he comforted us and sent us away, saying, Be not ye scandalized when ye see trials of this kind coming upon holy men. For by such God hath builded us up and comforted us and hath made us to be confirmed in the laws which are against tribulations. I have related these things in order that we may not wonder when we see the saints falling into tribulations. End of chapters 19 through 21.